wanna hit the record button. And... I just I just hit oh, it, so yeah. we're we're doing it live. Yeah. Hey, why don't you hit the record button? Um. Right. <laughs> so did you get the freaking my probably pretty unimpressive aha moment on the uh, Facebook chat thing? I I, I I viewed the video, but yeah. I did not have time to review your aha moment. So you're gonna oh. have to explain it to me. Now. Okay. So yeah, this is like you know you're <clears throat> you see this in a lot of the drills that you did where uh, like just like in the DUSAC drills you bring your feet together for that additional step. Yeah. Um so yeah, it like until seeing you do that in your drills, it like literally never occurred to me to do that with a longsword. Um, but then I remember seeing that position with the feet together with a longsword in Paulus Hector Meyer, like in a lot of, in several of his uh, illustrations, he shows that exact position, yeah. feet together with a longsword. And he talks about the three uh, basic levels of posture, like high, medium, and low. So well, that's, yeah. his, that's his high posture. Well, that has not, nothing to do with a guard with the sword specifically. It just has to do with the height that you're carrying your body. Yeah. So it's um, high, high stance, low stance. Because he says if you're going to thrust him in the face, you're in the high stance. You're going to thrust right. him in the heart, you've got to get down to this lower you Right. Lower so that's, body. that's interesting. So Paulus uh, Hector Meyer mentions that. And then Meyer mentions it in his rapier section. Uh. Yeah. So specifically, oh, and there's also like early, man, what is the, uh, it's like, um, like Codex, uh, Danzing or something? What are we talking no, about? like Wallenstein or something like that. Okay. Something that starts with a W, but they show the same position. Um, and then that got to me, to, got me to thinking, cause well, what brought this on to begin with was, uh, um, dang. Uh, yeah, like being out in the zoofect and in like cutting and provoking and all this stuff, right? And it's like, well, you gotta you end up in all these like weird, like let's say I'm standing with my left foot forward and I, you know, cut a middle hull from my right to my left, and I'm in this kind of like weird left foot forward, left side middle hut or something like that. And it's like, yeah. well, what's what's up with that, right? Um. So I was just kind of playing around with that. I was like, wait a minute. Einhorn 1, where he talks about the winging upward flugel howl, right? That's the that's the thing. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, no, oh, I am I am familiar. Okay. So yeah, Einhorn 1. And he mentions like, alright, after you, you know, do your uh, strike and you're sweeping, you know, three times, this magic number. Uh you do that three times, go to long point, go up into um, Einhorn. That's when you would bring your right foot up to meet your left foot. Because then he talks about when you're winging upward, you pick your left foot up and set it back down like you're going to step to provoke your opponent to cut to your left opening, right? Yeah. It would not make sense to pick your left foot up and put it back down if you weren't actually in a position where you could take a step with your left foot. Yeah. So if you're standing in your wide stance, your left foot forward, picking your foot up and down, like nobody's like, what, what's the guy doing with his foot? That doesn't mean any sense, you know. Awesome. So and you know, that, I even have a, I think I have a print, um, on my wall. Mm -hmm. 
that depicts um, a fencer in that stance. Yeah. And so I'm gonna have to show. I'll take a picture of that and, and send that to you. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's that's kinda... the thing where you can absolutely that that I think that is another yeah. one of those core lessons of as far as like you've got you know you've got a tall stance you know you've mm-hmm. got a natural stance and maybe you've got a lowered stance I don't how would you categorize it? I mean, yeah, that's like yeah, like, I guess like any of those things like it's pretty illustrative like verbiage I guess so just kind of uh, works but it's just kind of like knowing when and why and all that stuff and I think the like the one thing that I always got to hung up on is like obviously we have all these great pictures in uh, Joachim Meyer's work right but nothing that shows like even when he explicitly talks about in the Dusak section like hey you bring your right foot up to meet your left foot to take another step you never see somebody standing with their feet together and I think that's because it looks kind of lame Right, so he wasn't going to put these, like right. he has all these awesome images in his book. Like even Raper, he talks about it, but he doesn't show it because it looks kind of lame. So I think that's why it never made it in, into any of the uh, the woodcuts, is because it doesn't look nearly as cool as the wide, like deep stances and all this stuff. All right, you know, it does appear more athletic than just standing there. Your sword held out. It, yes. I mean, I'll, I'll go that far, but I don't know if it, it, it was excluded because of because of that. Well, um, why else would it? Because if it because that's the thing is like I'm looking at it more like you know the uh, um, attacking the four openings like all that stuff. Like again, when you you know come into uh, long point, right? Your last uh, sweeping, you come into long point, and then he talks about dropping your weak and roll, you know, bringing the sword around your head. It's like once you start dropping your weak is when your right foot would come up to meet your left foot. And then you take that step with your right foot. Because I think the key thing with that feet together stance is that is you know, like your position of unlimited potential or maybe yes. unlimited options. No, no, no. It's, it, because it, you can it is, step. It is, a, a, it is the spare yeah. point of a decision tree. Yep. You, 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 have, you can move the same amount in any direction from that stance. Now, granted, you don't want to do that if you're actually having to press against somebody else's force. So I think it's it only exists in the Zufecton. Yeah. Um, like you're ne- you, I don't think you're ever going to you know, come together with your feet like that if you're trying to like wrench or any of those other things. I think that's where that like half pass and all those other things where you're keeping your stance wide. Yeah. They they live in the handwork, but that zoofect and where it's like, all right, I can literally step and cut in any direction, traveling the same amount no matter what, especially if you're in a high tug, because that's like that's like your ultimate freaking probability state. Like I can step oh, yeah. anywhere and I can cut from any direction. It's it's pretty it's well, there's a reason why it was number one when he started teaching with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, yeah, like I never, never played with that feet together with the long sword until tonight, and it was like, I was like, whoa, this could be really freaking cool. Oh man! But obviously, like you've played with it a lot, so I don't know, I, like, what are your? Okay, what so, so what I found out about it. Have, <laughs> no, I'm I'm just glad you're excited. That's freaking fantastic. <laughs> No, um, I would definitely say do the Kreutzwechseln, do the cross mm-hmm. change cut. That's, that's that sort of ribbon cut. I have a drill that's like the Meyer flow one where you cut mm-hmm. a cross cut, you know, Kreutzhau. There's two Zornhaus. 
and then you double the zorn to the same opening of the mm-hmm. lead foot, depends on whatever side you start with, and then you do the Kreutzwechseln where you slash and your feet are together at the point of contact and then it circles above your head in a loop mm-hmm. and you cut diagonally or another Zornhau, Kreutzwechseln. Um, with that, that pattern there, man, do that one forwards and backwards. It has been, it really has helped out that gathering up. That mm-hmm. front loading your, your front leg. I got my guys doing this exercise, a sword yoga exercise. Basically, you're front loaded like you're gonna spring, but then, mm-hmm. then I make them step back. And then I'll have them front loaded like they're gonna spring, then I have them spring. And then you nice. know, I'll just I mess with them. I was like, nope, don't just set it back down. Don't do it. Okay, now it's a gather instead, you know, now it's a it's been a, I wanna refine that particular drill set into something mm-hmm. that we can share on these videos that we're gonna be filming. Nice. So you you mentioned a key bit of verbiage there. Draw yourself up for the cut, right? Mm-hmm. And I was rereading Meyer for like the millionth time. And yeah, and so the start of so many of these places, draw yourself up for a cut. Now that can easily be plugged into that. Well, bring your feet together, draw your body up high, upright, to prepare yourself for that cut. You know, that's not a bad interpretation. I would definitely, I would definitely give it a bigger, deeper, harder look before. I know. I'm just saying, like yeah, right I, now, on a surface tree. level. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. Just, it just drops into place so easy right there. It is beautiful, and I think it's right. I think, like I said, the high posture, high center posture, mm-hmm. and what with whatever weapon is a great positional. It's just center line. Who cares? And that's why mm-hmm. that's why we have our four. Look at the postures. You got a high posture. You got a middle posture that's pointed forward, and you got a low posture point forward. Everything else is to the side, you know. And those mm-hmm. are just high postures anyway. So the center line ones, those are the ones to, to do that stuff where you can gather your feet forward, backwards. You can do that. Mm-hmm. You've got an infinite branching. You know, like there's like a whole bunch of things. The probability tree is is lush at those moments. <laughs> got to have a nice lush probability tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. we got to make it sound even dirtier. Um, <laughs> say, it, say it more sexy. Say it more sexy. Uh... Or what about like a, uh, no, no, I'm not going to go there. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, so right. The whole, uh, like the reason I stayed away so long and just kind of ignored the feet together stance thing was because I still maintain that the box pattern or X pattern footwork has no place in Meyer in the application of having two foot movements for one hand movement you know what i mean you know what i'm talking okay. about with that okay. footwork now this is going to be something that's going to be um difficult for perhaps someone to conceptualize mm-hmm. that is unfamiliar so yeah. maybe we should attach if this gets released yeah let's just we're going to operate as if there is a video playing in the background or you can click on it now and watch it while we kind of ramble right because the other thing i'd want to do is have that video of the play that I'm talking about that way it can be clearly illustrated where I'm talking about bringing the feet together you know and I'll just send you my my translation it's not the best okay. translation in the world but it's easier to read so nice. <laughs> that would be fun okay so but either way so the yeah the this uh, box footwork where you bring uh, one foot up to meet the other one and step the other foot back so it ends up looking like a passing step when you're all through with it, but you're doing two foot movements for one hand movement. 
And I'll just never buy that because the foot movements take longer than the hand movements. So it's, it can be hard enough to squeeze in a foot movement to begin with, let alone trying to do two for one hand action. You know well, what I mean? I mean and, and that's where you have the sort of situation where you're either snapping your hips and you're not stepping. Well, it's like mm-hmm. a free cut, you know, I yep. suppose. Um, or you sling a foot backwards. Right, because that, well, that does the same thing. Send that Zornhau, for instance. Yeah. You know? that that is the same thing. That's still one foot action for one hand action. That's totally fine. Yeah, especially if you step your feet together. You know, if you step your feet together and then you you know explosively launch one back to give you that freaking um, you know turn to cut. That's fine. And even if you do the box step with two hand actions somehow, which still doesn't really quite fit sometimes. It's fine. Just I just don't think like you see a lot of people, uh, especially when they're like cutting and you know insufecting and provoking and stuff like that, doing the box step. You know it just doesn't. I just I'm still not sold that that fits. I used to do it. Like that used to be my bread and butter. Hmm. And I was like, ah, I don't think it fits. But well, you and I are gonna, a, gonna go on an adventure of box cut stepping, and we'll. we'll we're going to beat this horse until it's all the way into the ground. Nice. And everyone else can just come along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe we don't want to do it now. Maybe yeah. maybe we both need to do some filming. That's what I would, that's yes. what I would do. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Yeah, it's like all this. I mean, that's, the, that's why so much of this stuff is open to interpretation to begin with, because text is an imperfect vehicle for uh, transmitting physical culture. Well, you know? and there's the theory that there's, there's multiple correct corrects we'll pluralize it so there's several ways that things can be correct and these plays these shtuk these mm-hmm. sort of like eastern katas in Meyer his master devices if you will he mm-hmm. uses them to teach with and he they, they elaborate um, just cool concepts they, they prove some of his his rules his regulate mm-hmm. and I mean, it, they're just the best. They're the, the most fun thing you're going to do in Meyer. So just, you know, prepare yourself. <laughs> so that's the thing, though. It's like, yeah, I agree. You can probably get them to work and kind of look pretty similar uh, multiple different ways. But that's the thing, at, like working from these sources, like you have to always analyze your interpretation with a critical eye. Like, all right, can I make it work? Sure. But do I really think that's what he was talking about? Am I ignoring this, you know step that he says because I haven't made it work with that step yet Here's the or thing. It, so I'll, on and I'll so forth. I'll stop you there. If at any point you're ignoring something that is in the text because you you think that the, the fencing master wrote it down incorrectly, maybe maybe mm-hmm. you should spend some more time and maybe, you know. I know but that's, that's, that's where I think a lot of these multiple rights come from is because it, when, you get, when you dig into them enough, they're like, well, yeah, but I just don't step there. Or, well, yeah, but I don't. You know, one of the uh, yeah, seemingly... Yeah, I think all those decision trees, that's fine. Like, for, for, for the lesson of what the text says, it might mm-hmm. say you need to step off with your, your... If the text says step off with your left foot, and I want you to, you know, cut to their left opening or something. You know, you're going mm-hmm. in the same direction. Whatever. Yeah. And... Well, I mean, I guess, I guess as long as it... As long as it ends up fitting into the rule that he says. As long as it fits the rule. That's, that's, you know that's I mean? really where I'm like, it's so long as... As long as people aren't... Yeah. 
as long as people aren't cutting without stepping and you know stuff like that then it's like okay oh yeah footwork's a big hang-up for me no, no, it's no, one, of, it's one of my. It used to be a hang up. It really, it really, it really pets my peeves when people don't, uh, well, don't step when they ought years. to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Uh, let's see. So yeah, feet together. Cool feet thing. Together. I need, I need to play with it more. That's that sound. You know what? I think. Um, I think you're gonna like it. There's a couple. <laughs> there, you know, whenever you're doing some cool looping and then you just kind of move yeah. forward with violence, there's that, there's that decision tree moment. Where you're chambered, you could could in fact go. Yeah, and I, I think it helps. It helps make the passing step make more sense too. Instead of just just a passing step, if you like, all right, hey, I did some kind of deceiving, you know, action while I brought my feet together, and then I step and cut. It's like it seems more explosive. Than doing a passing step with my right foot all the way behind my left foot, stepping it all the way to in, in front of my left foot. Um, I don't know. It feels more stable and stuff like that. And that's another thing. Uh, three two two seven a that uh, effect book says is like always make your movements, uh, you know, confusing the to the eye. Is, you know, Dobringer. <laughs> yes, that one. That book. They always say like, "Hey, frequens modus." They had to throw the Latin in there to make themselves sound smart. Um, oh, I love no, that's that. I love that phrase. Mm -hmm. oh. I mean, I, I just I just did it right now. I had to say the Latin so I sound smart. Um, nice, nice. They, you know, they threw the "Hey, frequens modus." Super important. Always be moving and make your movements, you know, confusing to the eye. So if you make a confusing to the eye movement while you bring your feet together and then step and cut, it's probably gonna be better off. Uh, I'll have to play with it more. Well, I think I think it just it ties into what is going on in the Zufectin phase of the fight. Right. Um, you, you're doing a whole lot of deceiving. You're doing a whole lot mm -hmm. of provoking. And those two things, I mean, you're both doing them. You and your opponent. Your adversary ideally. is ideally playing that, that game with you. That Unless they're a psycho. Unless they're psycho, which is... Yeah. Possible, but you know. <laughs> you know, where did where did the thing go? That uh, what? trying to find the, your first principles. Oh, okay, I can share slideshow. There it is. Got it. I got it. Okay. I've been doing a little bit of editing to that. I saw that. It looks much much more pretty. Yeah, much more pretty. We're gonna put that out on hell. That's tomorrow, Thursday, for this uh, the Meyer Study Group. Hmm. What, what time is that going on? I wonder if I can... And what platform is it I'm going to do it on, on Zoom this time. Okay. Last time I did it on um, Discord. Discord will be up for people to ask questions if they want to type mm -hmm. or share files or whatever. Um, okay. What uh, what time is that? I wonder if I can drop in. I think it's 1900. My time. So that would be 18 for me. That's dinner time. Oof. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'd like to. Yeah, no, let me know. I'll send you I'll send you a link okay. or we can have Victor send you a link. Cool. Um because this tactical framework stuff, I mean, this is this is all I want to talk about for the first couple of sessions because I'm like every, I'm always going to relate back to these things. I will mm -hmm. always relate back to So the purpose of a drill is to condition your body so it can do that cut better. Condition your right. mind 
to make it familiar in order the, for you to yeah. do it better. It's the neuromuscular connectivity, right? Neuromuscular connectivity, indeed. Build up your myelin sheath, that way your nerves nerve better. You know, science. It, it takes some nerve. Some science. <laughs> takes some nerve. Uh, now, um, man. So we did say that there's a hierarchy to these. Um, just the other day, um, for for the, this is the breaking of the fourth wall. Oh shit! Just just the other day, there it is. Nick yeah. and I were uh, on the telephone. There we were. No shit. And we came no up with some interesting conversation, and we're trying to recreate it now. And basically, it's the we dug another layer down into our mm -hmm. Meyer principles, and now we have Meyer first principles. That are a little more primary, <laughs> right? And this, I, I mean, this is kind of like this is like general. I mean, I think this is martial arts. This. this is martial pretty, arts. Uh, pretty much all martial arts. So, could uh, what was your definition for a first principle again? First principle is like an axiom in math. It is a, it is a function. It is a, it is a value that requires no other thing in order to be true. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't need. Like provoking, taking, hitting comes under fighting ram. Right. Know? We were talking it about comes, discipline it, it, and motivation. It comes from a lot of them. You could even say that the uh, PVT comes from you know being at a pretty good level with all four of these that uh, first principles that we're about to go into. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that's the thing is some of these things even pattern recognition is going to go with coordination mm. and fighting ram and you know the mental so there there is definitely a web and that would be neat to kind of kind of craft out i think at some point right. and it is a visual um but the first one we put at the pinnacle the other day when we were coming up with this mm -hmm. um was the useful mindset right and that's the willingness to train, the willingness to actually fight, to, to perpetrate violence as needed. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Discipline and motivation. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, it's literally all those things. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's, yeah, courage, discipline, uh, accepting, you know, constructive criticism, you know, being, Not being trainable. Yeah, being trainable, being teachable. Like Meyer says, don't be, I think he says, don't be ashamed to learn, you know? So having that, it, I think he covers all this stuff in his poem where he's like, hey, yeah, don't, don't be, you know, like, don't be a piece of that's shit. It. That's like the, you know? the, the, the <laughs> right at the beginning. Yeah. In fact, <clears throat> I just have it right for me. Also, Oop. should you not curse nor blaspheme? God, or should you oh, be no. to learn? I'm so bad. Meyer would be so disappointed oh, in me. Know, I think I just, I think I just cursed and almost blasphemed, like in, like within breath. a second of you saying yeah. that. Oh man, see, uh, you should be getting you know, the goosebumps or something at this point. Yeah, really, you know? I know, like walking on the grave of the ancient masters. With right. Well, his language. his his ears ought to be itching. I think. Yeah. Well, you know. uh, if he, well, anyway, uh, but yeah, so that like, yeah, he goes into all that stuff and you know everyone has room for improvement right absolutely <laughs> absolutely well one of the things that you said that um interested me with useful mindset because i think that again like we're going to be this is going to be the platform that we're going to be teaching our videos teaching my study halls and it's mm -hmm. it's already the way i've been doing it but now that i know it's in categories i just get to put things in categories that i love that's that's awesome it's oh, like it's i just get to human sit nature 
organize some stuff in my head. Yeah. It's beautiful. Human nature. Categorize and organize. I love It's very German. Very German. <laughs> uh, very precise and practical. Yeah. Yep. Can't so, get away from it. The thing that you mentioned about the useful mindset the other day um, that I want to talk more about was, you know, who's someone who has these, this, this, and you, you were saying self-control. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. how we can tie into morals and martial right. arts and codes because of ethics. Because that's what it all comes down to. And there's like, I don't know, all kinds of studies about parenting and what are some of these core things that lead to just like success in life. And everything points back to a person's self-control. Like that's success in life and like everything. But it also obviously applies to having having establishing, maintaining the uh, useful mindset for martial arts. Yeah, which happens to be a pretty useful mindset for navigating reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like, uh, that's why a lot of people practice uh, Eastern martial arts. It's not for fighting prowess or anything like that. It's for some kind of uh, spiritual and character development type thing. And it's really, you know, good to see that that same stuff you know, is incorporated in the Western martial arts tradition. It's, it's oh, all yeah. there. It's all there. It, it just, you know, really got kind of swept under the rug during the, uh, industrial revolution, I think. You think so? Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to definitely dive into our, our historical fencing forefathers and def- I want to do an interview with Kevin where mm-hmm. we get to talk about Kevin Maurer, for those of you uh, just tuning in. Um, Head of the Guild Research, Meyer Freifechter Guild Research. I want to have an interview with him where we can talk about that stuff. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, because I mean, I, I throw stuff out out there all the time where this is. I, I'm just you know, in my head sometimes based off of something that I might have read like you know a few years ago. Like, oh, well, maybe that's why it went down like this. But it's not. He'll actually have stuff that's like based on facts and stuff. So <laughs> that'll be good. <laughs> no, no, he, he, he's a sharp, clever guy. Um, yeah, and yeah, he's he in is. the middle of doing this some discovery work himself. So that'd be great to um, do a recording with him, question and answers about the process uh, of writing an article and translating and retranslating. Yeah, and making this these pieces of history relevant to not just the fencers and like three people that think it's cool, but like. <laughs> The history, like, why is this important to know? I mean, yeah. I love it. I love it. So, if you like yeah. history, historical fencing just might be your jam. Yeah, if you like history and violence, which if you like history, you probably like violence. <laughs> I mean, historical fencing has it all. It has it a does. history it and is the violence. A history of violence. There you go. Uh, all right. So, yeah, useful mindset. The next thing was the physical conditioning as a first principle. Yes, I don't think because you have to be, and this one's the easiest one for me to just speak and prove. Mm-hmm. Is because you have to have a certain amount of physical conditioning to do the thing. And the more that you have, the better that you are. Right. Because that's like the, I don't know, like when I first got into martial arts, which was a uh, uh, Kempo karate back, like right after high school, like I was doing the whole like backyard boxing thing and everything. Like, oh yeah. Cool. Like I can get punched in the face and punch people in the face. But you know, like I was like, do. well, yeah, yeah, like you do. Um, and then I was thinking, like, well, there's, you know, there's, you know, fighting methods and stuff like that where I can learn how to do more punching and get less punching. So 
I, you know, looked at my local dojo and hit that up. And I was like, you know, growing up, like watching Kung Fu movies and stuff like that. I was like, there's, I'm sure I'm going to learn some freaking like mystical Kung Fu secrets that are going to equal instant success just by knowledge of their existence. Just by knowing the thing. Yeah. Just by knowing that Ninja Turtle 3, was it Three Ninjas was uh, all of the the Jean-Claude Van Damme films. Yes. Like any, any of those where it's like, ah. I have mystical technique A, and that means that I can just whoop all the ass without like having to still, I don't know, obey all these basic principles of fighting, you know? And obviously it's I was sorely disappointed. It's hard yeah. to be entertaining. I was, I was sorely disappointed that, well, no, it still has to do with, you know, cardiovascular conditioning, metabolic conditioning, uh, countless hours of drilling. And then even after all that, it still comes down with how you can construct your attack sequence in your mind how you're intelligently reacting to your opponent but that goes into the next Mm -hmm. but just to keep it yeah to keep it on physical conditioning it's still like there are techniques out there that can be extremely advantageous if the other person has no knowledge of them it's like wow that was like a magic trick and i just beat him you know you see that stuff all the time especially in like jujitsu like the the I even like a good striker versus like a newbie striker. It's like, whoa, you know, that's when you like really see like, oh yeah, the trained person has a significant advantage, but it doesn't matter how, you know, polished your timing is or like how, uh, you know, uh, good your perception is and all this stuff. If you don't have the strength and the conditioning to do damage and continue to fight and not get so gassed that you can't apply any of your awesome technical knowledge. So that's why physical conditioning has to be like the next thing. Like, Hey, somebody who's in super good shape and knows a couple things will mop the floor with somebody who's in crappy shape and knows all the things. Well, and that's kind of goes back to, and I don't know if we recorded it, but the poem, you know, Lichtenauer, uh, mm-hmm. the, the grand high super duper master of the whole tradition, uh, the German tradition, the Kunstdesfekten, mm-hmm. then it was cryptic, it was rhymes, it was lyrical, it was, but chances yeah, were, wanna... if, if you're an in-shape, fit fellow, um, and you took some of that knowledge away with that lyric and that training, then you had a higher success rate. Like you were saying, these are best practices. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but even then, like, yeah, hey, I got to keep my secret Kung Fu secret because if you are in shape and you practice this stuff, you will be able to kick all the ass. Uh, but he, they also mention in those poems, or at least in the gloss of that poem, um, that your art is useless without practice. Yeah. Like you have to put in the work to make all these cool techniques actually work. And then, cause they always, always bring up, uh, and yeah, well, Oh, write down a thought real quick. Well, okay. Write down the thoughts so, when they happen. That's what I, yep, so that's what I always otherwise, do. Yeah. They're otherwise gone. they're just gone. They have wings. <laughs> um, right. So they always bring up like, Hey, yeah, you know, uh, don't just swing wildly like a peasant's brawl and all this kind of stuff. But that's the, I mean, the whole reason they created this is like, Hey, the trained guy should have an advantage over a really strong athletic dude who doesn't know anything. 
Like that's you know, the whole point got, is I've to got, take. And I've for, got it, proof against that. Historical proof against that. We've got, mm-hmm. you know, Lang Hans. I was, that's, that's what I wrote down. That is literally what I just typed because I was like, ah, I got to remind Chris of this one. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Well, really, this is like one of those Kevin stories. I've, I, but it's basically freaking, you know, farmer Johan freaking comes into the factual. He's big, he's strong, he's tall. And he just houses everybody and mm-hmm. he does really, really well. But he didn't do it with being trained. He did it with being a, a, a brick shit house and yes. younger and, and fitter and faster and more, uh, you know, cardio. Right. I mean, that's the, all the old heads yeah. that were there or whatever. That's, that's why martial arts exist is to give somebody who doesn't have all of the strength and all of the conditioning some kind of edge some way else you know oh yeah and it does like but that's that's the thing that's why they have weight classes and all this stuff is like if you have you know people who know who have the same amount of kung fu the bigger stronger guy is probably going to win yeah if you have a guy who has a certain amount of kung fu and the other guy is bigger and stronger enough that guy's kung fu isn't going to help him out because the guy is too big and too strong yeah. Like th- these yeah. are just like facts of life. I mean, weapons, you know, equalize things to a certain amount. Hand weapons do missile weapons like uh, bows, guns, all that kind of stuff. Not like actual explosive <laughs> missiles. <laughs> or I was like, are we those, like those, those, yeah, those, those level the playing field too. You know, the old, uh, you know, Kenny G, the uh, Carl Gustav really helps. But uh, no, it's like these weapons kind of try to level the playing field, you know, a unarmed martial art kind of levels of playing field uh missile weapons level the playing field a whole lot more because there's no a lot of the times no direct physical contact but in in anything that has that you know direct physical contact whether it's through a hand weapon or through hand to hand the it takes a whole hell of a lot of kung fu to beat the bigger stronger guy oh yeah yeah no so, i mean it's i've i've even if they're the same size as you and they just, again, like you said, if they know the same amount as you or if they're smaller yeah. than you and they know a little bit more. I mean, exactly. Like there's that, there is that range. That's a real yeah. thing. And that's why for sporting events, um, there's weight classes. Yeah. No so that, yeah, that being said, like that's why physical conditioning is so important. You're doing yourself a great disservice if you don't become as strong and as conditioned as you possibly can. Because that is a significant factor in winning a fight. Now, if you're doing this for the academic joy and and the um, the camaraderie, which there is plenty of in the historical yep. fencing community, and you know acceptance of your fellow nerd community, plenty oh, of yeah. that too. At least in the Meyer Fry Factor Guild. Um, Absolutely. Like I mean, that's that's that was the big draw for me. You know. <laughs> I say let them freak flags fly however they may um but or the not freak flag or the not freak flags we take non-freaks too like oh it's yeah just no, 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 no all types literally literally and figuratively and figuratively or however and spiritually shapes. i don't know shapes too. yep shapes yep <laughs> shapes and sizes <laughs> all right so that's physical conditioning the next thing is coordination, coordination. yeah so which is how do yeah. we delineate clearly to the, the, the listener or for ourselves when mm. we're teaching this, um, I know that coordination mostly comes under like 
that's where I'm doing my body awareness stuff. That's where mm-hmm. it's teaching them how to front load that leg or teaching them how to step this way. It's a lot to do with footwork and yeah, like awareness of where, like how they're the proprioception thing, right? There is a whole lot of overlap between physical conditioning and coordination, but I would, I don't know, in general, like you have your, you know, strength and conditioning mm-hmm. and then you have your just general athleticism, you know, like, Hey, I can, you know, put the point of the sword where I want to put the point of the sword, or I can put the edge where I want to put the edge, or I know about how much my knee is bent or about how far apart my feet are. Or you where, know? where are your toes pointing? That's always mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you, if you step enough and around a target enough cutting and moving and breathing and sweating, yep. Eventually, you're going to know where your toes pointed in yes. regard to where you're throwing that cut. And that's not, not everybody. Ha- you don't wake up with that. You don't wake up with oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm one of those people where martial arts was my first sport. You know what I mean? I didn't have like any of the typical like sports. Like I wasn't, T-ball didn't, or something. yeah, I didn't care about that stuff at all, you know? But again, like watching all these kung fu movies and like all the '80s action heroes and stuff like that, is like <laughs> that's what interests me. I want to be a badass kung fu guy. I want to swing a sword around and all that stuff. I so that's blow up a plane, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. Absolutely. It takes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, a good Christmas movie. Oh, it is. Um, all right, so that coordination piece, like however you come by coordination um it's just it's you get it just by moving your body for a large part like putting your body in the position that you intend to and for uh solo practice which again that was you know growing up where i did without a large populace to draw from i didn't have many fencing partners or anything like that so i had a whole hell of a lot of solo practice and one of the most valuable tools for solo practice, getting coordination and body awareness was a mirror. So it's like, all right, I know what shape I'm supposed to be making right now, and I'm a little bit off, so I'll make this tweak. It's like, all right, that's what that feels like. Okay, cool. You know, edge alignment, like all this stuff. Um, you can just do yeah, that you can just do it. Well, they're, they're games. Some of the things right. that we're going to do to help um, build up and you know, quicken your coordination are going to be like fencing games, like the thrusting games, especially as pendulum pelt. You know, mm-hmm. all right, hey, go into a high point forward posture and I just want you to gather and then lean in and hit it in yep. center mass. Okay, now I want you to come from a low point forward posture, same situation. Have them dance around and try to be accurate. Yep. That's coordination. That helps. Because and that, that plays into landing effective strikes and that's the biggest thing that plays into control. You only hit when and where you want to hit. And there's how no hard, like, and how yeah, hard you want to hit. Exactly. There's no like, oh man, I accidentally like, you know, poked that guy in the face when we were only playing with like cuts or something like that. You know. Yeah. And accidents happen. That's not. That's not really right. You know, that's. I mean, it's you. Know, it's bottom line. It's a contact sport. You're going to get bumps, scrapes, and bruises. Now, there will you know? be abrasions. There will be yep. blood if you do this long <laughs> enough. It will happen. Yep. Yep. And if it hasn't happened to you yet, you know what? Good. <laughs> Good for you. Right. But you yeah. shouldn't it, be afraid of it happening. Um, the injury profile of the average historical fencer, even in the sports fencing community of our hobby, is still somewhere around, you know, baseball. 
athletics. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, that's not like, you know, like dislocating knees and being smashed like in American football as far as like the injury reports. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, people get weirded out because they're swords. I mean, it's a weapon. Yeah, I get it. Uh, it's the weapon. It is the, the weapon. It's the weapon. There yeah. is nothing else. Everything else. Bullshit. <laughs> they're all tools. They're all for hunting or, or, or whatever. Right. That's the thing is like the sword is the only weapon specifically designed to hurt other people. Every other thing. Dagger's a tool. Has an, has an iteration or a version of it or its primary version that is a tool. Halbert? Whether Axe. it's, yes. Like that's the thing is like, yeah, the, the sword is the only thing that humans devised exclusively to hurt other humans. It's a murder so, stick. Yep. That's, it's morbid, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Reality is a tough one. Yeah. So, so splitting, and, and I feel that we're justified in splitting uh, physical conditioning and coordination. Right. It's yeah, just absolutely. It's because it's, it's a different mental process as well. Yeah. I mean, you can see people with outstanding coordination who don't have that great of physical conditioning, or you have people who have absolutely phenomenal physical conditioning and, you know, lummox, they're a lummox. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Are we even allowed to say words like that nowadays? (laughs) But as probably like, even just doing like, anything like simple like catch release things like bouncing a ball against a freaking wall or like teach yourself how to juggle like any of these things work on your coordination another thing with coordination is that general athleticism piece and the biggest thing with that like the most i guess fundamental athletic thing is originating your movements in your core yeah so that's a good like that's a good just general like all right how athletic is this person is like, all right, their core. It's all about the core. It's all about your hips. I mean, you know, and, and you core. don't have to be some kind of Pilates expert to, no. in order to teach proper core, you know, alignment and movement and, and stru- stuff. Um, I was just talking with our, our fellow, um, oh, should I even say that? You know what? We're just going to, we'll cut this out and post okay. it. <laughs> I'm not even going to bring it up. But I do want to get I do want to get onto the meat and potatoes because I looked at the time before I started telling another story and it was about forty three minutes in and even chopping off the beginning part if we ever do um, that's a whole lot of listening. Let's hit the last first principle of martial arts of Meyer the way that we mm-hmm. look at Meyer the way we mm-hmm. I, we teach it we've been teaching it and that is the the cool analogy that we came up with i think analogy oh man so real quick before we move on to this last one because the last one is freaking epic um one last thing for should we just do it on a different recording should we (laughs) make them wait wait? that's oh no i don't think i don't think we need to we can kind of 45 minutes as long as we can do it quick yeah yeah Yeah. well i and we can uh i mean if it's a little bit longer i don't know if they're interested to listen if they're you know what they want to know they're going to listen there you yeah. go. All right, so, so let's talk about yep. it. So, well, the, the one last thing on physical conditioning to keep in mind is conditioning is always sport-specific. There will be things that overlap, but 
conditioning for fencing or conditioning for running or cycling or baseball or whatever it is, is always specific. So that's the thing is the best conditioning for your martial art or your, your martial chosen art. activity is that activity. Same so that was your warm up, right? Yeah. You need to tailor it. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's the last thing on physical conditioning. All right. So <clears throat> our million dollar term here, which Chris coined <laughs> for the last principle that we've thought of so far is fighting Ram, like computer Ram, but fighting and in your head, not a computer. Yeah. See, it's tricky. <laughs> it's tricky. But that includes the, the mental process, mental processing of a fight. You know, that's everything. That's, that is provoking, taking and hitting. That is pattern recognition. That is seizing and maintaining the vor because you have the time to do it. It's indes. Right. And that's, that's the, that's the big thing right there, right? Is that it's indes. Like I remember there's, you know, know, there's like a million internet debates about, well, what is indes and what is indes versus gleich, which that's like, Gleich just means simultaneously, right? At the yeah. same time. And people yeah. are like, well, yeah, but so does Indus. Indus means like instantly or at the same time and all this yeah. stuff. Sort of. But it's, yeah, sort of. Like Indus is that it's the fighting ram. It's that, you know, full perception of what is happening and also your prediction of the future based on your experience fencing and based on like, hey, I know, like, for example, you can make pretty solid assumptions. Like if I throw a cut, the guy's going to parry the cut, that kind of stuff. So that's how you see into the future. So it's taking all that together and being able to create that situation or capitalize on that situation uh, in the fight to hit the guy, you know, whether, you know, without him being able to help it or not. You know? Again, we can go right back to your most recent mental discovery or whatever with the long sword instead of Dusak, with you know having that that being on the point of that spear of the decision tree when you bring your feet together. Oh right, your yeah. Your leg is charged one direction or the other. You can you can shift back, you can shift forth, you can do whatever. So really, it's like it's like the OODA loop. Drop the A. It's just the OOD. It's just the OOD. It's just the <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not familiar, the OODA loop is observe, orient, decide, and act. And that is a decision-making model, a cyclic decision-making model from uh, Colonel John Boyd, Air Force. Um, super helpful. Yeah, very, very good way to put it. Very, very approachable way to think of the fight. Um, All right. What else? I think that's it. I think So, so here's the thing is that... that fighting ram right so this is a you know we got really sucked into the indus thing because that has been a freaking hot topic for like ever uh but no yeah it's just your ability to process the fight so i got uh myers uh 1570 up right in front of me right now okay and like reading it again thinking in terms of your fighting brain your fencing brain your fighting ram your ability to process this stuff i mean he says it it's you know you know it goes on okay origin of the word indus uh, embodies a serious exhortation to quick judgment. So it has nothing necessarily to do with simultaneous action, though that's usually the best way that it's expressed, which he mentions above. Um, are, are you on, what are you about, 124, Victor? 124? This should be, uh, like it should be one, 
It should be 124 uh, okay. recto. No, yeah, recto. Okay, all right. So we, we are we are. I'm sorry, one, 125 Myers. recto. Okay. Yeah. We're into Meyer's um, book, so you can follow along with us. <laughs> yep. So, okay, so, so you're saying um, simultaneously yeah, just, Gleiss is. Right, so I'll, I'll just go, I'll we'll just go up real quick. You and your opponent execute a cut at the, yeah. at the same time. So he says, uh, let's see here. Uh, the, the other one. The simultaneously, or the Gleisch, is when you both you and your opponent execute your cuts at the same time, which is also signified by the word end is. Yeah, it doesn't right? say so it is a, defined by, or is, right, but it means the same thing it's as. signified. Like this is the probably the best expression of your uh, quick judgment, right? So that's a direct quote there. I'm going to just pick out another couple. Quick uh, judgment is a great phrase, yeah. by the way. This is, I'm just going to pick out a few more from his uh, one of his paragraphs here on Indus. Uh, yeah, so quick judgment, so that one should be constantly swift of mind. So it's your it's your you know fighting ram. It's your fencing brain. Uh, you know, then he gives an example here. Sharp lookout. Yeah, that's yep. where. Uh, yeah, it sharp lookout me of the decision tree point of being in tog mm-hmm. with your weight. Yeah. Yeah, involves seeing and heeding many things at once. So again, that's your RAM. That's being able to take in the situation, make those assumptions based off of what input you've given via attacks, parries, anything like that. Um, right. Yeah. Sufficiently. Yeah. Learn sufficiently from your opponent's body language. Uh, what kind of you know? That's looking to that future. You know, look, looking at his body language, seeing what he's going to use. Um, Let's yeah, talk about reading. These, that's that's. But even. Even reading your opponent would come under fighting ram, right? That's that he straight up calls it out in Indus. Yeah. It like, is Indus. Yep, and this, he says, for the whole art of combat lies in all these things in your fighting ram. Uh, yeah, that's go. That's going all the way back to the Grandmaster uh, Lichtenauer back in. Well, we're not sure exactly when he was around the good old but days it was, it was yeah it was it was, <laughs> a, it was a couple it was a couple hundred years before meyer oh yeah i say at, at least at least 150 yeah um yeah so he used to say hey if you don't have indas right if you don't have if you don't have kung fu if you don't have freaking um your fencing brain and you don't execute all your cuts wisely and judiciously you will easily run into your own harm like if you can't read the situation read what your opponent's doing you know, act accordingly. That's how double hits happen. That's it's how it's like poorly for you. Yeah, yeah. That's how it's like, all right, well, yeah, we're probably just going to cut each other a bunch of times without anyone freaking recognize like, Oh wait, he's already in- initiated his attack. I have to deal with that before I try to attack him. I have to secure myself with parrying before I go to the body. Right. Mm. So yeah. yeah, like we were just sitting there talking about, you know, the fencing brain, how you can work on it and stuff like that. And we're like, yeah, that's basic. That should be like a first principle. And we're like, holy crap, that's Indus. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was, like I said, I wish we had a better story, but I mean, it was, it was fun when we were doing it. Yeah. But I mean, we, we didn't, uh, we didn't retell the story as if you were having the first discovery with us, but it's definitely at some point we're talking about the mental process and provoking, taking, hitting the three cuts Mm-hmm. Was what I initially had down as a first principle because it's so the the as you can say cuts or you can just say attack types you know mm-hmm. either you're moving to provoke you're moving to defend or you're moving to hit. yeah or just actions with the sword yeah. right and then yeah we we're talking about I was like well that's 
don't know. PVT, yeah, take PVT, you know, is, yeah, dependent on a whole lot of other things. What are these other things, right? Because that's the ultimate expression of fencing is, you know, provoke or take or hit or PTV. PTH? Yes. Hotel? That's it. All right, you got it, you got it, you got it. Yep. But yeah, but, so yeah, you know your pattern I mean. rec, I knew what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, what you I, you know, we love acronyms. Oh man, we're going to be throwing some acronyms out there. Yeah. I can, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So yeah, that's like, that's how, like, that's how you tie the simplest way to tie your useful mindset, physical conditioning, coordination, and fighting ram or your fencing brain together is provoke or take or hitter. Yeah. It puts you in, it lets you put your finger on the pulse of being able to understand what to do in this, mm -hmm. in, in that moment, if you want to transit it like that. The moment right. is big, the moment is small, the moment is created by all of your training that you've had over the years. That's quickens your mind to make the decision at that decision point. Right, and it's uh, it gives you that framework kind of like working backwards here, like, all right, hey, I know I have to be like crafty and clever and crap like that. How do I do it? How do I work on my fencing brain? If you start thinking about the fight in those three sections and realizing, well, every time I move, I'm exposing a different opening yep. that's provoking. Like it helps, like it's kind of a feedback loop where it's like, all right, my awareness of provoker, taker, hitter is how I refine and develop my fighting ram. I'm not even telling my students to think of themselves as open or their opponents as being open anymore. Mm -hmm. I just tell them they're provoking you, they're enticing you, and you're provoking them. If you yep. cut and you're open, you know, as you depart that opening, as you move the weapon system, then you're provoking. And you just need to be thinking that I'm provoking. That means it gives you that, maybe it gives you that one second mental edge to be able to snap back in there when your opponent uses their right. chase that opening. You know? Yeah, because, because you know where, like what the juiciest opening you just created is. You know what they're most likely, you know, uh, the, the most likely place they're going to attack because that's what you've left the most open. Yeah. And that's when it gets into the meta game of like, all right, so I know this is where I'm most open. He knows that I know that that's where I'm most open. So his attack to that most open opening is probably not going to be a committed it's going attack. It's to be a failure. Because, because he knows I know. He knows and then, I know. And then I know that he knows that I know. So this is this is the metagame. This is you're just feeding off of like, you know, assumptions, reads from your opponent. And it's like fun. All this stuff. It's fun. It is yes. it is fun. And and it's quick. And ultimately, um, it's what makes people come back to fencing is that mm -hmm. feeling that they get trying processing all that data. Whether for the for for for, for good or ill, you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's still yeah. fun, and whether you were successful or not, that feeling in the fight, martial art. We can say fencing, but I mean in a martial mm -hmm. arts in a fight. Yeah, know, it it's that is that is an intoxicant. It is. I mean, that's the thing. If you pull something off, what whatever martial art it is, if you're like I set up the situation, they fell for it, and I capitalized on it. That feels it good. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the exact martial vehicle of that is. 
it's like one of the best feelings ever. You're like, holy crap, I am so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Today is the best day ever. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, there was uh, one one last thing that I wanted to talk about before we stopped recording at least, or we could start a new one after this, Mm -hmm. was we had that analogy with um, that fencing, you know, well, I'll leave you with this and then we can start a new one. Okay. This is another one of our little magic analogies that we've had here lately. Historical fencing is sort of like magic. Um, We get it from arcane books that are dusty and hard to find, hard to interpret, have their own technical language, like alchemy even. But this, this type of magic, this historical fencing magic, demands sacrifice. The sacrifice is sweat. The sacrifice is increasing, you know... Mm-hmm. Your your proficiencies, which are right. those four principles, really. Yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not just reading the spell and having the power. It's like no, there's there's a sacrifice involved yeah. in this. There's no five finger death punch up in here. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Well, shucks, man. That was fun. I had a good time. Yeah. Let that was me good. let me hit the button here. I'm gonna pause it. All right. Don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. Right. Everybody else, yeah, get out of here. Have a great day. <laughs> good night. Drink some coffee.